Hey everybody, we're back. Bleeding, Claret and Cobalt, Trey Fitzgerald, Ryan Hale here with you as RSL gets ready in about another uh, 48 hours to head off to LAFC. LAFC losing the Campeones Cup Wednesday night. We'll talk about that game. We'll talk about the final four MLS matches, all the playoff scenarios. Justin Glad has a new contract. Jefferson Savarino back in training this week. A lot to talk about here on Bleeding Claret and Cobalt, brought to you by One Wire Fiber. Hey guys, just a big shout out to our friend Adam Sessions and One Wire Fiber. We would not be able to bring you Bleeding Claret and Cobalt every week, every month without their great support. So you wouldn't want all your RSL news information coming from some distant out-of-state people that don't care about this community. So why would you rely on your voice, video, text for business coming from one of these big companies that literally don't care about you. If you don't own a business, but your friends do, your family does, you got to reach out to these guys because the level of customer service, of support, attention to detail from One Wire Fiber is immense. And we all know how fast the world is moving these days. If our phones, our computers, if our connectivity is not functioning properly, you just feel completely stuck in the water. And Adam and One Wire Fiber, they will figure it all out for you so you don't have to. The number one, W-I-R-E dot C-O, One Wire Fiber, they will take care of you. They care about this community. They care about this club, and they care about you. Okay, Ryan, as the team gets ready to head off to L.A., it's... um, I think we need to look back. It was probably a disappointing week last week uh, with a home loss, a home win, and a road loss kicked off last week. We already talked about the San Jose game, but I think going into the home Dallas and home Vancouver games, we felt like that was prime opportunity for RSL to get a full six points at home. Uh, the Dallas game, we were up one nothing at halftime. I think we felt pretty good, felt like, Okay, we probably could have had a couple more. And then it was such a weird second half to me. They get the equalizer. They get the go-ahead penalty. The third goal is off a bad giveaway. And I don't honestly know. I haven't gone back and watched. But I honestly don't know how to explain what we saw in that second half at home against Dallas. And um, it just looked like guys kind of were confused uh, at times, it looked like maybe they weren't quite fighting for each other. There was maybe some paralysis or overthinking is what it looked like from me sitting you know, a million yards away from the field. So I don't know. I, I guess what you have to appreciate is after a very difficult game, a very difficult night, to bounce back from being down uh, one nothing at halftime three days later against Vancouver. Again, both games, I think a lot of good chances were not finished by the guys. Uh, Chicho did get his um, goal-scoring streak extended to four games in the Dallas, but that was not something anybody wanted to celebrate after a bitter loss. Vancouver game, 
Chicho doesn't score, but RSL does get a Brian Vera free kick right at the beginning of the second half, and then Justin Glad gets the game winner in a game in a goal where it looked like he crushed his face off of Andres Gomez cross. So Andres Gomez now has, I think, six assists, and five of them are game winners across all competitions this year. Uh, Justin Glad getting his fifth goal of the season. Uh, two of those have come in in come from behind two one wins over Vancouver, and then uh, as we saw later in the week, Justin Glad uh, got his contract extension, so he will be part of the Claret and Cobalt locker room for. Uh, the foreseeable future through the end of the 2027 season is uh, him being under club control. We've talked about it all year. He's only 26. He's been with the club 10 years. Um, He has 212 MLS regular season games played. Only Tony Beltran and Chris Winger, who are in like the 240s, Javier Morales, Kyle Beckerman, and Nick Raimondo have made more appearances than Justin Glad. So that is just amazing to me. So roughly a year from now, uh, Glad will move into probably third place because uh, I think Javi's right around 240. So Javi's 240, uh, Winger and Beltran, one's 245, the other's 247. And then uh, you know Kyle and Nick are way up in the 300s. But um, I think Kyle is 350, Ramondo is 369. Again, regular season only. But uh, very happy for Justin Glad. Obviously, he's the first to say that he wished his play had been at maybe a little higher level the last six, eight weeks. But um, for him to get that goal, get that confidence, get that contract extension, hopefully it puts him in the right headspace and that translates to his on-field dominance uh, going forward because we're going to need him. He is the guy that is wearing the captain's armband when Demir Krylock and Marcelo Silva are not on the field. So a lot being uh, thrust into young 26-year-old Justin Glad's lap right now. So um, obviously one of the other stories around the Vancouver game was Jefferson Savarino not dressing. Um, after, you know, a Dallas game, which, you know, he would probably tell you wasn't the best performance and he wasn't the only one. Um, Marcelo Silva also not dressing against Vancouver. And I think one of the bigger surprises was that Danny Masofsky had come back into training and started that game. And, um, you know, as Pablo Mastroeni put it in the post game after the win over Vancouver, Danny followed the training plan. He worked one-on-one with our fitness coach, while he was um, holding out due to his uh, contract situation. And then he asked to come back to the group. Pablo reintegrated him to the group, and I think he put in 70, 75 uh, pretty solid minutes against the Whitecaps. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Nothing has changed on his contract situation. He just got tired of holding out and um, maybe wanted to take a different tact, and, and he was working with... Uh, the team, the staff, the coaches, et cetera, to uh, try to reintegrate himself. He checked all those boxes. As Pablo Mastroeni also said after the game Saturday, uh, for Savarino's personal situation, he would be back on Monday. He was back on Monday. He's trained fully this week. So we'll see uh, what Savarino, um, what his role will be at LAFC on Sunday. Will he start? Will he be on the bench? Uh, will he make the trip? Those are all, I guess, fair questions. 
But, um, I mean, I, f- I feel like we've heard Pablo say in the past that an angry Savarino is usually a pretty good Savarino. I think he had started 13 or 14 games before that uh, Saturday absence. So uh, we'll see what not only the LAFC game bring, but uh, RSL with three of its final four on the road starting at LAFC. We're back home Saturday the 7th against Kansas City in what will be a red out at America First Field on Fan Appreciation Night. Check the RSL socials and the RSL website for more there. And then we finish the season at LA Galaxy in that game that was rescheduled from uh, Hurricane Hillary and then at Colorado Rapids um, on decision day. So could those eliminated teams play spoiler roles? Absolutely. Um I guess LA is not officially eliminated yet, but um, RSL controls its destiny. And in fact, and I can go through this shortly, a win against LAFC Sunday night combined with other results from Saturday, RSL can clinch a playoff spot this weekend. Now, there's a lot of combinations and permutations, and you need specific losses or draws between, I think it's San Jose, Kansas City, Minnesota, um, Dallas, maybe a couple other teams. So, um, it's a very convoluted <laughs> clinching scenario, and it's all contingent on RSL getting three points uh, Sunday night. At BMO Stadium, a place where we have never won in the regular season in five tries, and we have only won once in the playoffs, as you all remember the Demir Krylock karate kick that gave us a uh, first-round playoff victory in LAFC. I haven't watched them play in BMO Field this, this season myself. It was... Uh, that's an intense place to go on an away trip, I think. Just a, that stadium is built to be kind of a, oppressive to visitors, I think. Just it's everybody's yeah. there. Anyway, um, Justin Glad, it's, it's so great to see him, uh, you know, be kind of, you know, just the, what do they say, part of the furniture around here. Yeah. <laughs> a little more like, a little, <laughs> little more proactive than just furniture. But I think that there's like a, uh, when you walk around the stadium on game day, lots of Justin Glad jerseys. I know that when my kids come, they're always, they, my one of my boys has a Justin Glad jersey. One has to wear it every time. I think there's a big part of what RSL is right now that wouldn't be the same without Justin. I think it's been great to be able to watch him. You know, we can talk all the way back to as a teenager scoring here as a monarch on that field. I think it's just uh, so many different. You know, if you've been paying attention to RSL for any amount of time, like recently, it's Justin Glad has been part of those memories. <laughs> So, quick question, Trey. I wanted to kind of bring this up. This week, this week also included a U.S. Open Cup final game. Oh, yes, it did. That, uh, you know, has some implications to, I mean, we all wish that that was happening here. It was very close to happening here. But we also saw that uh, this was the first final in Messi's entire career that he didn't dress wow. for or play. That's crazy. Isn't that? And uh, not to say that that, that, <laughs> that, that, makes anything better for our situation here but it is kind of crazy that that would have been the moment that that you know we would have missed out it would have been interesting to i don't know this is a yeah, crazy I mean, development i guess you know this is a bigger issue in the world of football right player safety player health uh there are so many games jammed into the calendar um you heard steve Chirondolo complaining about mls roster rules and regulations need to change if he's going to be able to win a CONCACAF champions league or CONCACAF Champions Cup now going forward, uh, Campeones Cup. Like, we just don't... He felt like we didn't have the depth. Now, MLS teams have won the last five Campeones Cups, so Tigres winning in a penalty kick shootout probably shouldn't serve as a referendum on uh, MLS salary cap and roster depth. But um, for Messi, 
Jordi Alba, uh, Sergio Busquet, who have all missed games. Clearly, the priority for that club is to make the MLS playoffs and make a run in MLS Cup, as opposed to the Open Cup, which, curious decision, maybe being only one more game away from a trophy. Um, they did look tired. They, they're just a different team without Messi, for sure. Um, Busquet looked you know, pretty good. He's amazing, and he's one of my favorite players of all time. So I'm always going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But, yeah, I mean, I think everybody over here in Utah was thinking, man, what if we were hosting this game and then Messi didn't play? Because, you know, I think one of the reasons we lamented that semifinal loss in Houston so intently was – the lost opportunity to make a lot of money, the lost opportunity to tell the world what is happening on the soccer scene in Utah for the five weeks between the semis and the final, and to just be on that world stage. And I learned more about the Houston Dynamo in the last two days because of that win and all the coverage surrounding it on CBS Sports and The Athletic and everybody else um, than I did in the five days where we played them twice, once home, once away in the Open Cup and MLS Cup. So um, I don't know that anything drastic is going to happen um, quickly this offseason that are going to address some of the coaches and specifically Steve Chirundolo's concerns. We've heard similar things from uh, Jim Curtin and others. It kind of made me appreciate Pablo's attitude because he's not complained once about what he doesn't have. He's rotated 29 different guys, and uh, whether it was Kevin Lambert getting thrown in the fire or – Bertine Jacquesson stepping up, Elijah Paul, like some of the rookies. Uh, certainly Emeka Anelli has gotten much more than a cup of coffee in first-team competitions in either Open Cup or MLS Cup or Leagues Cup this year. So um, I'm curious to see what modifications are made specifically around Leagues Cup next year. So does it stay in the same place in the calendar? Does it black out an entire month of the regular season? Because the knock-on effects are all the Wednesday games that we've had after Leagues Cup and all the Wednesday games we had before Leagues Cup. Certainly the ones before Leagues Cup were mixed in with open cup windows. So there's just a lot of schedule congestion, and I think that is the core root of the issue specific to Messi. He's played a ton of minutes when he's played – They've either won or drawn, I think it's eight wins, four draws, zero losses. And then when he hasn't been with Miami this year, clearly a lot of losses before he arrived. And then in the games that he has not been able to play because of rest, injury, or precaution, um, they have failed to get the full three points. So they are at a razor-thin margin. I think this weekend's game, I think they play NYCFC. Uh, DC United is really stumbling down the stretch. So they need to maybe run the table to get that eighth or ninth playoff wildcard spot. But I think it's doable for them. And based on what we've seen from them in the League's Cup, if they can get Messi back to a point where he feels fresh, and with having seven games, or sorry, seven days between each playoff game, and then you have a FIFA break, and then you come back and you have more seven-day breaks between each playoff game and the run-up to MLS Cup, I, Miami might end up being a betting favorite because if you have a 90% messy um, and the confidence they've had and the run they made in League's Cup, which they won a trophy. They're already in CONCACAF, so maybe that diminished the importance of Open Cup to them as they weren't playing for a CONCACAF berth. Um, it's curious. So 
Uh, we've seen Messi not practice uh, much of this week. He did make an appearance at the end of, I think, uh, Friday morning session in Miami. So we'll see if he plays this weekend and what his schedule is going to be uh, the rest of the kind of stretch run for MLS. But Miami, I think they need they need they, maybe they can draw once, but they need almost all wins just to sneak in the back end of the playoffs. Yeah, I feel like it is a hard situation to like just like solve the problem of how do you keep enough players on a uh, roster, you know, and also give them playing time. I think that's one of the reasons why MLS Next Pro is, in theory, such a big part of what MLS clubs need to be like focusing on, like moving. You know, I think that the idea is that how that 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 league is going to support the you know the first team the way that the minor leagues support you know the main the main teams in. Major League Baseball. I don't think we finally. I don't think we found that cohesion quite yet. I think it's just been. There's a little bit too much difference between the leagues for that to be like, a, you know, you can't just. Anyway, that that's that's my opinion on that kind of thing. I, I kind of miss the days of the USL. A lot of guys come out of USL competition and factor right into MLS games, which you don't see in quite as much with MLS Next Pro. I don't know. I don't think I'm saying too much saying that, but I think that's, <laughs> I think that's, I think this is just maybe, I think MLS Next Pro is still in its growing and figuring out what it is stages. So 100%. I think that's going to be a big part. Um, you know, also looking around and seeing like, you know, the, the effect that Messi has on this league and the ticket prices and all that stuff. Um, like I've been telling you, my goal of like coming to these games and bringing people that haven't been to games before, um, bringing people that, I brought someone who specifically asked me um, to the to the Vancouver game. I brought someone who specifically asked me if I could get the Messi tickets back in the time that the, <laughs> the, that uh, you know right. that there was a chance you know in that situation. And so I was like, hey, why don't you come and watch these games? Because MLS is wild. That every game that you go to has crazy implications and they're fun. I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things when you get people in the door. I, I think it's really hard to like to walk away from an MLS game, an RSL game, even a game that kind of has a disappointing result, and not be like. Oh wait, this is happening here. This is something I can be part of. This isn't just something that happens on my kids' video games, or this isn't something that just happens on Saturday morning at five a.m. You know, it's like I can go to a game and be part of it. And I think that maybe there are people that are being introduced to the game because to the league and to what's going on here, just based on you know tuning into to Messi. And I think that like you know, I hope that that kind of people do realize that. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm always like an advocate for that kind of thing, but um, but it is kind of crazy to see that like there'll be tickets going for $1,000 and then the people that bought those tickets walking out at the 30th minute because, you know, yeah. Messi is subbed off. And it's, you know, what is it that, it is, a, I don't know, it's kind of thing. It's a, let me, let me tie it into another weird, crazy sports thing that I kind of discovered this, this, uh, this week with the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift stuff, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, it's impossible to get tickets to see Kansas city play right now because of that. It's, you can't find a Travis <laughs> Kelsey Jersey ever. Uh, Travis Kelsey's podcast yeah. uh, released on Monday to the most downloads of any podcast ever in a single day. That's amazing. Because of one little thing. It's like, so the, you get these moments where these flashes, and obviously there's the Messi and Taylor Swift are <laughs> gigantic like things, that, but there's, there's some things like, you get these glimpses of these, these flashes of like intense interest from whatever, you know, from the right. world of soccer, from people that aren't interested in the sport or whatever. And how do you capitalize on that when you're a team that like maybe doesn't get that? Or maybe it's like, a, like you talk about like Houston, like they don't always have a bright light shining on them, whether or not they're, you know, they're playing all their games, they have everything's happening. The drama of being a professional team is happening all the time. But in very few, in these moments, you know, can you shine when you have the spotlight on there? And I guess the other thing is like, can MLS become a, can they capitalize on this? Because Messi's not going to be here forever. You know, who knows who the next person is going to be there? Like, but can there be, but I think the people who do pay attention to MLS find that it is 
it gives what it's it it delivers on what it's telling you it's going to have. It's we have fun soccer games that are you know interesting and you see players develop and you see players you can see players here that will factor internationally for years to come. I think it's just it's just hard to like how do you find those moments where you're like capitalizing on those those well, bright and, flashes. And this of is a big issue because you know let's say Messi is going to be here for three years. Um, an Apple executive, Eddie Eddie uh, Q, who Quay, it's actually Eddie Quay. He was quoted in a GQ Sports article about how the MLS and Apple deal came together as like, hey, we got to strike while the iron's hot because Messi isn't 25; he's 34. So who knows how long he's going to be here? But we got to we got to change the soccer culture, utilize him and his presence to do it now before he leaves. And this ties into the Fuhrer this week about uh, Inter Miami's ticket prices for next year, both for existing season ticket holders, new season ticket holders. They already doubled or tripled their single game ticket prices when they announced Messi. Um, it seems like a cash grab. I think it's hard. You know, again, we've just seen the prices come out. Obviously there are inter Miami season ticket holders that have been loyal to that team for four or five years, its entire existence that feel like they're getting absolutely killed by having $2,000 season tickets go to 6000 or whatever the math is. Um, there's some misinformation out there, so that's why I'm trying to be careful. Obviously, Inter-Miami is trying to strike while the iron's hot. I think they're building a new stadium. Uh, they are catering very much to a very exclusive, wealthy South Florida kind of not soccer fan population, but event population. So again, and this happens all over the world in that you have to debate, you know, what is our core purpose? Who are we serving? How do we serve everybody? And, you know, is it the, you know, like, like, I guess the other example is what's happening with Deion Sanders primetime in Colorado football right now. Half the like prime was joking, like half the NBA is going to be at their college football game in Boulder Saturday for USC, Colorado. The messy games, wherever they are, are an event, whether it's Atlanta, New York, home games in Miami, wherever he goes. We saw it in Dallas during the League's Cup. Um, people are going to flock to those games. So all teams um, are going to charge a premium for that experience to be with Messi. It's just very different than it is, and, and you pointed this out, and other places around the world. And I saw a lot of this on Twitter yesterday where people are like, I could buy Chelsea season tickets or Barcelona season tickets or Liverpool season tickets and fly from New York or Miami to you know Europe for those games for what Miami is charging. And my first answer is, okay, if you're in the Premier League or you're in La Liga or you're one of those big clubs, you have so many massive revenue streams before you get to ticket revenue. But here in MLS, and I've been involved in this league for 27 years, for most of Major League Soccer's history, ticket revenue has been the primary source of revenue for each team. And then sponsorship overtook that a little bit ago. And then now finally, just this year with the Apple deal, do you have significant media rights income coming into each club? So, and again, by significant for us, what is it? Seven, eight, nine million. 
um, that pales in comparison to what the Jazz get from the NBA as part of um, their shared national media agreements. You look at NFL, you look at Major League Baseball, all those teams also have very significant local media agreements. Speaking of the Jazz, their new streaming service, Jazz Plus, along with the K-Jazz availability, by leaving regional sports network, AT&T, Rocky Mountain, that actually no longer exists, they're leaving $20 million on the table. That tells you how significant those local media rights deals are uh, in other leagues. So, look, I'm the last person that ever wants to see a fan get screwed. Um, I don't have the the RSL 2024 uh, season ticket pricing increases off the top of my head. They seem pretty nominal. Obviously, high demand areas get a bigger increase than low demand areas. Um, I want to say our like south end, the supporter section, those three thousand seats. They might have been fourteen bucks this year. They go up. Um, I think they go up to just under seventeen or eighteen this year, which seems like a big increase. They're still the cheapest supporter tickets in the league out of 2019 so the value proposition that we have here despite certain price increases is something i will always defend and always be very bullish about especially when you look at how many home games this team has won over the years now this year has proven to be an exception where rsl has won more games on the road than it uh, has at home um that was the other, I guess, therapeutic thing about that Vancouver win is that we didn't tie 2005 for the most home losses in a particular season. So the Kansas City game on October 7th will be big. But it's just uh, it's just fascinating to kind of see what's happening in other markets. Every market has its own idiosyncrasies and specifics. And, um, you know, I think for RSL, we feel like we know what is – best for our market but we can't be stuck in 2010 either and fall behind the rest of the league and part of what helps pay for a chicho or a nelson palacio or an andres gomez or a brian vera or whoever we want to go get in the upcoming windows part of that does come from increased ticket prices increased sponsorship packages, hopefully increased merchandise sales. All of these revenue streams are things that augment ownership digging into its own pockets to bolster the roster or remodel the stadium or bring the Royals back into existence. Like there's a lot of money that there's a lot more money that goes out for the entire enterprise uh, than often comes in. And obviously we're building a sport, we're building a community. And I don't think anybody hopes it'll be this way all the time. Like uh, that you'll get to a point where teams are profitable, but once a team is profitable, if that owner isn't putting those profits back into the team and they're pocketing them, which is like what the Glazers have been accused of for a million years now, owning Manchester United, That's a, that brings a whole nother host of issues and concerns to the table. So sorry, that was a very wide-ranging diatribe and rant, but just thinking about all the things that are being talked about around the world and the business of football. Yeah, exactly where we were trying to go with that. I think that the reality is like we do see these flashes of attention and maybe even – increases in ticket sales and increasing interest. Um, I was traveling this week in an airport's far away from Miami. I saw so many pink jerseys walking through the terminals. I was like, this is crazy. I mean, it's, 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 uh, the effect is obviously like you can see it everywhere you go. 
you know, obviously, the, if, if that money gets put back into the league, that's the, that's how this this whole thing is good for everybody. So hopefully that we see that. I, I do hope that I get a chance to see Messi play on a field, possibly in Utah, too. Hopefully I'm, we get scheduled against yeah, them next it would be, year. It would be amazing. And I, I'm not going to say, like, yeah, I, as annoyed as I am with all the coverage and even, you know, how hard it is to avoid covering it yourself, it's like, man, I want to see that. <laughs> I want to be part of that. I want to be, I want to see what's going on. Um, but yeah, as we're saying here, like just to, to cap this off today, um, you know, this team, uh, RSL, we're doing some, you know, it's, we've watched, we've struggled and pushed through a lot of crazy storylines and narratives this season. And this season's wrapping up. We're seeing, you know, we get, we have like maybe the, maybe the three fixtures that stick out the most of any season end of season la la and colorado mm -hmm. i mean maybe throw a kansas city one in there we're in classic rsl time right well, now. well so, like so i mean honestly i we've been talking about this a lot in the office like i think it's eight of the last 10 or 10 of the last 12 years it's basically gone down to decision day yeah and we have a chance to avoid that this year and certainly the last two decision days are very memorable at kansas city and at home against portland um it's a little odd to control your destiny with four games left. And if you look at the standings, we're two points out of second. Despite the slide that we've been on since Pablo Ruiz got hurt across all competitions, the devastating Open Cup loss, it's the very disappointing home and road losses against Dallas, San Jose, whoever else, uh, certainly home against Houston, at, on the road against Portland. We're still two points out of second. Now... Whenever I say that to somebody, they're like, yeah, but we're th five points or three points of being out of the playoffs completely because there is a 10-team pack, and we're part of that, from 2nd to 11th in the West that I think is separated right now by seven points, and everybody plays each other. So this is the interesting thing, right? So Dallas, Portland, Vancouver, Kansas City, Minnesota, San Jose, all these teams kind of play each other. Um we play LAFC. In fact, us and Minnesota all play LAFC, Kansas City, and Colorado. Um, like So there's just a bunch of really fascinating combinations and permutations that, and again, you can look at points per game home in a way. You can look at a lot of things that are very full season base. It's hard to add weight to recent form in a mathematical model, um, but if you go to sportsclubstats.com, the Emma, the RSL playoff probability as we sit here this week heading into LAFC is 97.6%. That's much higher than I think anybody would give it credit. We could not get another point in the final 12 available, the final four games, and we still have like a 41% probability of making the playoffs. So the math is on our side. Would it help if we got all 12 points? Absolutely, because then I think we're a surefire two seed behind St. Louis. If we get seven out of 12 points, we're probably a top four seed. And seven points out of 12, I don't think is a lot to ask with going to LAFC, coming off Campione's Cup on their recent form, home against Kansas City, 
road at LA Galaxy, which will be eliminated most likely by the time we're there. Although they've been pulling out some miracles late against Minnesota and against Austin over the last couple of weeks. They're fun to watch. They got a bunch, bunch of new players, but it's it's probably too little too late. And then we go to Colorado on the final match of the season where we have a chance to beat a team four times in one season for the first time ever. We did sweep Chivas USA in three games, getting a perfect nine points in 2013. So, and look, maybe you throw all that trends, this year's road points per game, history, like you can throw it all out the window and Colorado wants to beat us that day. LA wants to beat us that day. Kansas City, which has not had a lot of success here since the 2013 regular season game that ended up giving them the ability to host MLS Cup 2013 that year uh, based on tiebreakers. Um, you know, none of that stuff matters. But I feel very confident that we should get a top four seed. Like, we'll control our destiny if we play the way we all know we can play. And I think that's what's been so frustrating for so many fans and everybody here in the building over the last six, eight weeks is – we know, we saw for four months what we were capable of. Doesn't matter who was on the field, who was off the field, who was injured, who was on red card suspension, who was on yellow card suspension. Like everything was, it was a fine tuned machine. We lost three out of twenty four games. Can we approximate that form as we continue to learn how to play without Pablo Luis going forward? And I guess the other thing I'll say is, for a lot of that very good May and unbeaten June. We didn't have Chicho for any of that. Chicho came in in July, and we had a very good July with Chicho. August was tough. September has been tough, but um, we're still it's still right there. Like we're two points behind LAFC in Seattle for second in the West. St. Louis has probably ran and hidden themselves away from um, from Seattle, from LAFC, from us, from Vancouver, who are the teams that are all kind of projected to be in that two, three, four, five range. So it's going to be a fun run in, a lot of scoreboard watching and a lot of head-to-head matchups that will affect not just those two teams, but everybody in the West. All right, everybody. Thank you so, so much for tuning in and listening. Please download, share, subscribe to wherever you get your podcast right here to Bleeding Claret and Cobalt brought to you by One Wire Fiber. You can find us on the socials at Claret Cobalt on Twitter, Claret Cobalt on Instagram, and anchor.fm slash Claret N Cobalt. You can also email us rsltrey at gmail.com. Calm. And Ryan and I just, we love doing this for you every week. We really appreciate the support from One Wire Fiber. And we look forward to recording several more episodes as we get into the playoffs and down through MLS Cup weekend, which is, I believe, December 9th. We can dream, right? This team is capable of it. We can do it. But anyway, thank you, and we'll see you next week. 